uh, I've had an opportunity to experience Curcio and and sure. um, yep. the renewal at at one point and 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 Alpha and I think what's at the heart of all of those things is is sitting at tables and hearing other people's yes. stories and sharing yep. your own mm-hmm. and and when that happens it changes your experience of community which changes your experience of the liturgy because when you go, you're there with friends. You're not just there with other people who believe what you believe, but you're literally there with friends. And that changes people's experience of their local parish. be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Welcome back, everybody. Christian Huntley here. You may have noticed that we sound a little different than usual today. We're trying something new with our intro, but don't worry, the quality conversation that you keep tuning in for isn't going anywhere. We have Archbishop Brian Dunn from our home diocese of Halifax, Yarmouth, on this week's episode. Enjoy. Lift off and the clock has started. Archbishop Brian Dunn, it's so great to have you on the podcast today to really begin to unpack what a sin it is and what the process looks like. Welcome to the show. Great. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. So how, how would you define that? What is a synod and what is synodality for those of us that might not be as aware? Well, it was a wonderful, it's a fun, wonderful word because the word is made up of two Greek words uh, that mean with, sin, and odd, which means way or path. Uh, like we often, often use the word odyssey, which, which is really a path or a way. And so it, the word itself means to to be on the way together, to be with one another on the way. So so the the Vatican documents now talk about journeying together. And so if we can think about that word, uh, synod, instead of maybe thinking, you know, getting caught up, what does it mean? If we can just can continue to think about we're journeying together, then that would be a very helpful way to to kind of keep us um, focused on the meaning of what the what the Holy Father wants us in the, in this process. And, and so, what was the impetus of, of even like because it sounds like in my lifetime I'm 52, and, and not that it hasn't happened, but I've never heard of something like this happening before globally in my lifetime. And so it's it's kind Certainly. of exciting, but yeah, no, it is very exciting, and 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 in in some sense. Uh, uh, we need to, you know, have a sense of the history, uh, and the history goes back to, you know, the early church. The early church basically r- recognized synods, and and they continued to talk about, you know, having a, a, a synod. And synod really was a a meeting or an assembly of those who are called. Uh, and um, the the synods took place uh, locally uh, in a in a particular diocese, or even you know larger in a region, uh, and sometimes even universally. So uh, each of those uh, experiences were experiences of disciples coming together and and really having a sense of uh, how are we living out our faith together. Uh, it really is rooted in in the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles is a wonderful document uh, that highlights 
the 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 journey of the early church and within that uh, that the book um, there are a number of places where obviously there's a whole sense of what it is to be a synod and perhaps the best example is chapter 15 uh, where it talks about the the council of jerusalem and the council of jerusalem was really uh, a synod where they where they got together they had an issue and the issue was how do we be saved are we saved through the law or are we saved through jesus do we have to become jews before we can be saved become christians uh, or can we just you know follow and uh, follow the lord uh, and so there was a real meeting where people from both sides uh, had their arguments and uh, had their had their uh, laid out the the reasons why they had uh, uh, this particular opinion. Uh, and then they gathered together, listened to one another, listened to the leaders. Uh, and then at the end, um, we have this this famous line of it was decided by the Holy Spirit and us. And so it was a real sense of discerning through listening to one another, discerning what the spirit uh, where it wants us to go, where, do, where the spirit wants us to go. So that's really, uh, in some sense, uh, uh, the paradigm for synods, for uh, any of these gatherings. Eh? And so, you know, in the early church, then we had these synods and it's lovely, you know, St. Ignatius of Antioch, you know, who, who wrote uh, only a hundred years after Jesus, he talks about we're companions on the journey which is beautiful. And, you know, obviously this is one of those hymns that we have, you know, most re more recently, but, but he talks about being companions on the journey. That's really another way of talking about this, this synodal process. And so synods then uh, were, were very common in the early church for seven, seven, 800 years, or maybe 600, hundred years. Uh, and then they, they died out and they died out uh, lots of, for lots of reasons. Uh, and eventually they, they, um, in the Second Vatican Council in 1965, uh, in the experience of the council, uh, the, the council bishops, you know, they, they gathered about 3,500 bishops, and that experience was, was very powerful for them. Uh, Pope Paul VI and many other bishops wanted this to, to continue in some way. And so he created what he called the Synod of Bishops. And so the Synod of Bishops uh, meets, uh, you know, meets on a regular basis every every three or four years, depending on, on the situation. Uh, and so we've had 15 synods, ordinary synods of bishops uh, since 1965. And so, so um, uh, since then, you know, the, each pope has added uh, some teaching on how the synods work. And, uh, and so um, we've had these ordinary synods and really the ordinary synods have been uh, things like uh, on evangelization, on priesthood, on, on bishops, on what it means to be a bishop, what it means to be consecrated life, a family, a youth. Uh, all of these are the themes of the synods of bishops that we've had over the last 50 years. Uh, I had the privilege of, of being at a synod and, on the new evangelization in 2012. And that was a real experience of, you know, gathering together. So it was about 300 people there, um, about 250 bishops and uh, but be, people from all over the world sharing their experience of what new evangelization means and how they, they see it uh, unfolding. Uh, and it was a great experience of what it means to be uh, on this pilgrimage. And so I, I really had a sense of, of how important this synod was and, and synodality is. And, and so, you know, Pope Francis then, you know, comes in after, uh, you know, after a lot of this this has already happened, and he wants to, he wants to go a little step further, and he wants to say that not only do we need to have um, the bishops meeting, 
every three years or four years and, and uh, focusing on a topic. But he wants the whole church to be involved in this process. And so that's really what he's done. In, in some sense, is very much like the preparation for the Second Vatican Council. You know, in, in 1950s, late 50s, uh, we had lots of time of preparation for the council. Well, this is what he's doing here now. We're taking two years to prepare for the Synod of Bishops, which is going to take place in 2023. So it's amazing history when you think about it, and, and it's an exciting time because this is a unique uh, experience in the church. You, you know what I find it interesting? That's just, that is, I find that fascinating. I did not know that. That's so cool to put that into perspective. And, and it really, you know, there's, I think there's a perception out there that the church is like, it's, it is what it is, and it's always been what it is, and mm. it's never going to change, and it never has changed. But when I hear you describe it, what I'm hearing is, no, we're constantly working out what does it mean to live our faith together. Like, it isn't just like a family. It's not stagnant. As kids grow older, things change, things show, and we're constant. That's really beautiful. Mm, it certainly is. It certainly is. certainly is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of fun, too, because uh, this whole idea of synodality, uh, you know, being more consistent over the last 50 years. And then, like you say, to be able to participate it, participate in it as, you know, somebody who isn't ordained to be invited yeah. into the conversation. And so how do you see that? Um, how do people, well, why don't we talk a little bit about what's happening in Halifax? Because it's sure. my, you know, the whole world's been asked to do it every diocese. So how are you and your team tackling it? Just give us a sense. So, so here in the diocese, here in the archdiocese, we, we've been, uh, first of all, we have a team, and it's basically the, the team of the uh, the plain office, the uh, um, uh, pastoral and new evangelization office uh, that is overseeing this. And, and what we've decided is that we would like to have um, a number of delegates from each parish. We've gathered them together. So, so uh, last weekend when we did the official opening, on Friday evening, I did a little bit of a history of, uh, of synodality, as I've just given you. But then we, we talked about, you know, how, did we, how have we lived it out over the last number of years here in this diocese? And we've had some, some wonderful experiences of synodality over the last uh, uh, seven or eight years, especially. You know? uh, and so, so on Friday evening, I just highlighted some of, the, of, some of those issues. Uh, and then on Saturday, we gathered the five or six um, uh, representatives from each parish, uh, and we uh, kind of got them together in, in parishes. So we have 20 parishes in the diocese. So we had 20 teams. And, and these were led through the process by, uh, by the team here from the Pastoral Center, uh, led through the process of exactly what they would do when they go back into the parish. And so, so it's really, uh, here's the process that we're going to use uh, here's the reflection on the scriptures. Here's the kind of questions you're invited to do. And here's the way you need to take some notes so that we can uh, receive what people are, are saying and, and what you're hearing. Uh, and so it, it was really a, a wonderful experience then. Uh, and then at the end of that on Saturday, we commissioned these, these delegates. And it was a lovely little, very simple uh, little service that we had. Uh, but we gave each of them, you know, one of these large votive candles uh, so that they could use that when, whenever they gather as a sign of the spirit being present among them. So, so it was really a, an important to have as a symbol of, of uh, the synodality that we're having in the diocese. And then on Sunday, then we had the, the you know, the official, open, sort of called official opening uh, with the liturgy at the, at the church. Uh, but each parish then as well uh, received all of these delegates back, back into their uh, parish churches, uh, and um, you know, began the process that way. And so, then over the next few weeks, they, they will begin 
to listen to certain groups, pastoral council, uh, the whatever groups that are in, in the parish, families, young people, um, and, and any any groups that need to uh, to be heard in a special way, uh, but also anybody who wants to come forward as well. So so it's really a, a, an opportunity for us. And what I've focused on as well is the fact that you know, even though the Holy Father has asked for this, and we're going to do a report that will be a part of a whole Canadian report, uh, ultimately, uh, I want to focus on what happens here in this diocese, because what I hear then will be helpful for me to to move forward in terms of a pastoral plan over the next number of years. And so, I, uh, so it's not just you know, doing something and uh, hoping that it's going to be heard in Rome, it, it will be heard here in this diocese. And so that's the, that's the, that's the thing I've been focusing on and really uh, helping people to, to say, this is an exciting time for us. That is fun. And I, that sounds to me, that, that is so beautiful because, yeah, the, the Pope is saying, I want to hear. And so yeah. the Pope is going to hear. And what I'm hearing you say is the Archbishop is yes, and I want to hear too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and then that can also be as a parish priest. I want to hear what that means and says in my mm-hmm. diocese. Are they going to be able to break down that information themselves or do they just pass it on anonymously? Are they going to be able to process it and kind of grow in their understanding of what their people in their parish think? Mm-hmm. So, so what will happen is each, each, uh, uh, each of the delegates uh, from the, uh, the 20 parishes will send us back a report of uh, uh, their meetings and the kind of meetings that they had. And especially looking at the the question, uh, what is the spirit calling us to do now? Uh, and so we, we will, you know, they will reflect on a, on a scripture passage and, and see how the script, how the scripture is speaking to them. Uh, but, but also to look at the, the question, where is the spirit calling us? And, and so, so that will be a part of the, each individual report, and that will be a part of our diocesan report as well. So we, we at the end of this process, uh, we need to send a 10-page report to, uh, to Ottawa, and then Ottawa prepares uh, some kind of report uh, to go to uh, a continental phase, which is a second phase, and then, uh, then there's another report then that goes to uh, a preparation for the uh, for the synod itself in 2023. That's fantastic. You know, yeah. I remember years ago, well, some of the work I was doing at a parish level, um, we were doing what we called connect groups at the time. And so we'd have people who we recognized had the leaders, had leadership capacity, had a real heart for pastoring and discipling people. And, and they were ahead of these kind of like their home groups and uh, about 20 to 25 people. So pretty robust and a lot of fun. They met every two weeks and, and I would train and invest in these leaders on behalf of the pastor. And I remember one time we were probably into that process for about a year or so. And, and I thought, I wonder what their, what they feel their gaps are, where they might like to learn. So I just listed everything I could think of that could be helpful in their role in leadership and then gave it to them. And I said, if you, if we could only focus on three, and of course we could do more than that, but I just wanted to prioritize, what would they be? And the two things they came up with, and two of them were head and shoulders above the whole list. One of them was uh, conflict management. Like how do we, how do we manage conflict? Cause that can be challenging and that's not any fun for any leader. Uh, and the second one was learning more about how to hear the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and so as I hear you saying that how 
you know, we're asking people, what's the Holy Spirit calling? My sense is a lot of Catholics don't aren't don't necessarily know, or maybe don't know they know mm. how to discern right. and listen to the Holy Spirit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah that's that's so true. In fact, that was one of the things that we discovered uh, in our process on Saturday. Uh, that even okay. some of the language that we were using uh, is is beyond on people's comprehension, you know, normal person's comprehension or normal person's uh, ex- uh, experience. Because even even a word like synodality and even synod, yeah, it's not it's not something that we we have lived and we have experienced and we have used very very often. So, so it's a kind of yeah. a new word, but but it's really important for us to to have give people a chance to reflect on scripture first of all mm. uh, and and people can can do that and you know yes. they may may not be familiar with the process but but once they you know get into it they they can begin to mm. you know say you know this word strikes me and then as they begin to think about well why does it strike me what 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 is what's what's the call there and then so you're inviting people to reflect and and then and then you can come up with well, well what are you hearing from this little group? Mm. And then uh, you begin to realize that you know all of us are saying the same thing, or or some of us are saying one thing and the other and the other. And then how do we say, well, how do, how does this, what is the spirit saying to us now as this group? And, it, and so it becomes a simple little process, but it's a profound uh, experience of. Uh, of uh, of synodality of 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 you know we're in this together we're journeying together and where do we want to go where is the spirit leading science this is a beautiful beautiful experience right it could sounds be. like a great process yeah could I, do. I remember myself when i was going to school growing up I, I wasn't good at school and reading and comprehension was really poor for me you know i probably had a learning disability perhaps and just was undiagnosed and and I found it really hard. And so the more I, the closer I got to Jesus, the more I became aware and kept hearing I should read scripture. But I didn't like reading anything. <laughs> so, but I thought, I'm going to start reading scripture. And I was so frustrated because it was like reading Shakespeare. And I will never forget a, a fellow Christian saying to me, a fellow Catholic saying to me one day, because I was sharing my frustration. And he said, Ron, you're baptized, right? And I'm like, yeah. He said, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, this isn't a, a worldly document. It's a spiritual document. Mm. And, and you have the Holy Spirit. So before you read, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what he wants to mm. say to you. Yeah. And I thought, that sounds too simple. It will never work. And yeah. But I tried it. <laughs> and, and the and it worked like God started to speak to me through the scripture. I started mm-hmm. to grow closer to Jesus through the scriptures and I haven't stopped reading it since. And, and it's just, this sounds like a, it, this very exercise sounds like a, a window of opportunity for those that participate to realize this isn't hocus pocus. It isn't magic. The Holy spirit is present. Scripture's alive. And when we do this together, boy, cool things can happen. Oh, certainly, certainly will. I, th- I think it even could it could uh, increase our our appreciation for the liturgy of the word. Like like the Vatican Council, one of the great gifts of the Vatican Council was was the lectionary, the both the weekday and the Sunday lectionary, and, and you know both of those were re- revised documents, bringing lots of more uh, experience of scripture, lots more um, uh, con- contact with the scriptures. Uh, and so, if we if we listen to those on a weekly basis, uh, every Sunday, 
even that will get us through quite a quite a bit of the uh, of the scriptures uh, of the Bible. Uh, and and we if we can only begin to really listen and know that the Lord is speaking through us. Um, you know, in, in a small group experience, then the liturgy of the word will take on an entirely different uh, experience. I love how it's all connected. Sure, so, yes, yes, yes. Share with me some of the hope, like what's some of the hope that might come out of this for, you know, I remember, um, I think it was Henry Ford that said, if I would have asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse, but instead I built a car. And so in essence, you know, sometimes people don't know what they want until we show it to them. Sure, and, sure. and, and so many people's experiences, and, and I could be wrong, please share your opinion, but so many people's experience of church hasn't been as robust. Even the most committed Catholics who have kids, their kids just don't, they fight every Sunday. They sure, don't want to go. And, yeah. and so there isn't this, profound experience of community and, and stuff that, that we long for, that we sing about, that we preach about. And so I just wonder, I wonder if we even know, but I guess that's where we trust the spirit, isn't it? I guess mm-hmm. that's where we have faith and in each other and the spirit and, and really, and that's, I guess, where discernment is so important. Sure. Sure. So, so in terms of hopes that, like, I think that there, there are a number of, hopes that I have, and, and I think the Holy Father has as well. Uh, one is that we would be a synodal church. Uh, and so what, what that means simply means is a real awareness uh, of, of being on a pilgrimage, journeying together. So, so in, in lots of ways, we need to re- re- really appreciate the fact that the teaching of the Vatican Council, uh, many of the te- themes, five or six different themes, come together in this whole experience of synodality. Uh, so things like, you know, we're baptized, and so therefore we call, we're call called to participate in a full, active, conscious way, not only in Eucharist, but in church. So we're called to participate. Uh, and, and so we're called to have co-responsibility. We're called to have be on a mission. We're, we're, we're called to be committed to the mission uh, of the Lord Jesus uh, that is that has a church. So, so, so all of these kinds of theological foundations are rooted in that experience of being a pilgrim people who are journeying together. And, and so the first hope that I have is a real awareness, a real and a felt awareness that that we're in it together. And so it's not, not just, you know, a, a group of small group of people who, you know, have this experience, but if we can get enough groups uh, and, and enough common experience of, uh, of synodality, of journeying together, then the whole church has a different feel uh, that we're including it. You know, people, you know, talk about including, you know, you talk about including everybody, everybody has a different experience of faith and, uh, and the, the church hasn't been, been very very good to these people to lots of people uh, and and so there's a sense there that oh yeah you fit in but you don't and, and so mm. if we had all have the sense of of journeying together being a pilgrimage people then we're all on this road and some are on different places in the road and and it's a, a synodal church is is wonderful that that experience so that would be one of my experience my my hopes for this whole experience. The second thing is is a real sense of um, uh, maybe encounter listening. So so that we would be mm-hmm. a listening church. And so what does it mean to be a listening church? It means that we we really listen to the experience of 
you know, all these people, you know, so, as you just, just described, families who have difficulty bringing their children to church. Well, what is that about? How do we listen to that experience? And, and then what do we do about that experience? Is there some way to make uh, the liturgy or uh, that experience of Sunday uh, a, a real communal experience or a family experience? So the families are delighted to go. You know, they're excited to go. They're excited to go to McDonald's or to, to you know, a, a various other kinds of uh, uh, entertainment. So, so, you know, why can't they be excited about church? And, and I think they can uh, if, if, there's a, if there's a real listening and if there's a real encounter. So, so encountering means that we enter into the, the inner life of one another. Uh, and so that means really listening so that we know, okay, what's on your heart? What's, what's happening in your life? And, and so it's a beautiful, a beautiful goal for us to have, not only a synodal church of journey together, but, but of real listening, and, and each person then is heard. It's, it's, a, it's, an amazing, uh, it's an amazing goal, and, you know, maybe it really it's, it's totally unrealistic, but, but, it, but I, I don't think it is. I think we can, we can do a lot better than we're doing, and that's Me really neither. where we are, right? We can do a lot better. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's so exciting. You said yeah. something earlier, and I just want to go back to it to differentiate, but I, yeah, I just want to pick up on it because it's so you said, you know, that it's not only church, not only the Eucharist, but um, Full we're coming together, not only participation, not only in Eucharist, but in the church. Yes. And, and so for so many, their experience of church is the Eucharist. It's like, no, that that is church and Eucharist is the same thing. You go to church to receive the Eucharist. And that's not what I'm hearing the way you described it. Right. You said in the Eucharist and church. What do you and mean church. by the, those two so, things? So the, the teaching, you know, that, that we talk about full active conscious participation it is connected specifically to liturgy. You know, and so, yes. you know, so you come to, to liturgy, not to watch, not as a passive, passive spectator, spectator, but to be fully active and participating. And that doesn't mean you're doing everything. It means that your own interior life is really participating in this act of worship. And so I, I'm really praising Jesus and praising the Lord uh, in the midst of, um, in my own experience of sitting in the pew, being silent, praying together, singing together, all those now, I also think that that kind of full active country participation can apply to, to the whole church. And so as a baptized person, we, can, we, we need to have full active conscious participation. And that's what co-responsibility means. We are responsible together. That's what it means to really be committed to the mission of, the mission of Jesus. You know, there was a famous line of Cardinal... Um, Carl Mahoney in, in, in California a number of years ago, he says, uh, the, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. It's a famous, famous line. And, and really, this one is the mission of Jesus has yeah. a church to, you know, continue the mission. And, and so it's, a, it's, it's wonderful, uh, you know, sort of theology underlying synodality and this experience is 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 full-fledged Vatican II theology. And so uh, it's a wonderful way for us to be renewed in Vatican II as well. <laughs> that is so beautiful. You know, I think to myself, you know, so we have the liturgy and, and, and the Eucharist and, and they're not separate and the life of the church. And, and I know for me, 
uh, I've had an opportunity to experience Curcio and and sure. um, yep. the renewal at at one point and 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 Alpha and I think what's at the heart of all of those things is is sitting at tables and hearing other people's That's stories true. and sharing your own. Mm-hmm. And, and when that happens, it changes your experience of community, which changes your experience of the liturgy. Because when you go, you're there with friends. You're not just there with other people who believe what you believe, but you're literally there with friends. And that changes people's experience of their local parish and and everything you're saying this thing you know because when i take the time to listen i always laugh and i always make a joke you know the first week of alpha i usually sit down at the table and i i look at all the other tables and i look at mine and i think to myself why did i get stuck with all these weirdos i wish i was over there i'm probably not even gonna like these guys and then at week three i'm thinking these guys are pretty good and then by week five i'm thinking i love these guys and then by week seven, I start to hyperventilate because once this is over, I'm not going to have a reason to be together with them anymore. And they've become such close friends. And that changes my experience of my local parish. It transforms it. It's so much harder to walk away when when what I believe is, is integra- integrated with true, authentic relationships of other people who want the best for me and, and love Jesus. I mean... That to me is the fullness uh, as, as a parishioner. That's when I feel most alive, most grateful, most that my life has the most purpose. Mm. Sure is, sure is. And, and we need to remember as well that um, uh, Holy Father talks about uh, synodality, not just as Catholics, but for the baptized. So he talks about our commitment to ecumenical uh, endeavors or relationships. Uh, interesting, just recently, the last document that came out of the Anglican Roman Catholic Dialogue is called together, Walking Together on the Way, Being a Church Together. So, so it's, a, it's a real sense of synodality and how do we, uh, how, how as baptized people, how do we share the spirit and live the, the, the life of the Christian life together, even as Christian, even as we are divided, right? But there's lots mm. of things that, that, that unite us. And so, what does, so uh, yeah. humanism is, is, can be built up on this as well. Tell, 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 tell me a little bit more about that, because that, that, that reminds me, I had heard that it's not just participating Catholics that have been invited to enter in this conversation. It's even people who've walked away from regular participation in the faith and even people that don't share our Catholic tradition. So, so t- talk a little bit more so, about so, that. So, so in terms of, you know, Catholics... There's lots of Catholics who, you know, we talk about now 10% who go to church, eh? uh, yeah. you know, in, in, at least in this area. Uh, it may be higher or lower, you know, in different other places. But so, so the fact is that uh, of those 10%, of, of those 90% who've gone, who, who don't come, mm-hmm. uh, some have made a decision and, and really uh, are not happy with the church. Uh, others maybe just drifted away. They're, 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 their whole lifestyle has has led them not to be connected, and others have just uh, oh just don't go to church. You know, so so it's a you know various levels of people being disconnected with church, and so we need to really kind of reach out to those and listen to why why you know what's what's happening when you're not connected. What's what's happening? What why are you not connected? Why did something happen? And and so it's a real time of of healing as well. Uh, to to reach out and help people to, to be connected. So we're, we're we're trying to do to some reaching out as well 
uh, for that group uh, for people. In terms of the ecumenical movement, uh, we are uh, here in the diocese, we're going to kind of meet with uh, people at Atlantic School of Theology, especially. Uh, to to have a have a sense of you know these are leaders of the uh, of the uh, other denom Christian denominations and we will meet with them to say you know here's a process that we're doing uh, and can we hear how you see the spirit calling us together uh, in, in this movement and so so it should should be should be an important uh, meeting as well. Isn't that neat? Now, will there be separate questions for separate groups, or is it the same questions and just uh, apply? So, so basically, the same same question, and the Vatican has given us the question. And the question, yeah. the fundamental question, is: How are you experiencing journeying together now, and how does this how how can this experience grow? So basically, you know, what what are you? What kind of ways are you experiencing uh, being a synod, uh, being a synodal church now, or journeying together now? And how do you, how do we make it grow? And so those are the simple questions, but but those questions were above people's heads. So we, we may be we may be kind of toning them down a little bit more, you know. Reword them or break them yes, down a bit so sure. people understand. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think this podcast is going to help a lot, actually. I think a lot of things have been explained that I think can help people uh, that much more. It's it really is an exciting opportunity and time to get involved. And and I wonder, too, if for any of our listeners that maybe COVID has kept them away from the church, you know, just for safety reasons or what have you or and or maybe that started it and then they're not kind of heading back yet. Maybe we just say to you, OK, this is a good time to come on back and participate in this process. Uh, would they? likely call their local parish and just say, Hey, I'd be happy to, to, to be a part of this or how would they, I wonder what they would do. Any idea? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so in my reflection on, on Saturday, I talked about some of the examples of synodality that we've had over the past year or so. Mm -hmm. One of those is, is the fact that we've, we've created new parishes here. And so trying to come together, trying to grow together as mm -hmm. a parish uh, in an intentional way uh, has been a, a an experience of synodality because they're trying to say, how do we grow? How do we become a closer community? Um, but then dealing with COVID as well has been a, a, an experience of synodality for us. Uh, in the, here in the diocese, we've had these these Zoom meetings uh, in the beginning, almost on a weekly level, and then yeah. you know moved to monthly, and and so we have all the priests and or all the leaders, the leadership teams, uh, on a on a regular basis coming together, dealing with the issues that are touching us, and so so COVID has been uh, you know, facilitating the experience of synodality. Uh, and so it, I think it can continue as well. Uh, you know, the fact that so many people are affected by this and we're concerned about that, that that's a real uh, an experience of, of synodality for us. We've had another couple of things that we've been doing, you know, the whole focus on uh, parish pastoral council and trying to, to get a pastoral council who, that is going to look at in this particular parish now, how is the spirit calling us to plan uh, pastoral move, uh, pastoral programs and, mm -hmm. and how do we move in that direction so so the the working together of a pastoral council with the pastor uh, it could be an example of a uh, of synodality likewise uh, the finance council uh, of each parish as well leadership teams you know that experience of uh, 
of uh, on a weekly basis, uh, five or six people meeting with the pastor and saying, you know, what do we need to do this week? And really, really listen to one another and uh, uh, grow together and grow together in terms of responding to to the whole parish. And so, mm -hmm. so these some of these you know regular councils or agencies or mm -hmm. bodies or whatever you want to call them. Uh, can be real examples of synodality uh, in on a smaller way, you know, and and so then if they really are, are focused in in their their call, then that can also help the parish itself to be become a, a synodal uh, experience. Mm. So true. I, I heard something the other day. I was just happened to be flipping the channels, and and they were talking about the synod on EWTN, and and the, I think Pope Francis said in in the opening meeting. I, I took a picture of it. Just, I thought it was just such a cool quote, just kind of warning us in terms of how we approach this. He said the usual people, you know, it could become the usual people saying the usual things without great depth or spiritual insight, ending up along familiar and unfruitful ideological and partisan divides far removed from the reality of the holy people of God and the concrete life of communities around the world. Mm. So he had a real warning for the church, didn't he? Oh, sure. And, and he, he highlighted a number of the risks uh, that are, that, uh, that this process could, could, uh, to, could be blocked by. Uh, and the risks are, you know, some of those that they just mentioned, but, but also, you know, looking at this as, you know, just going through the motions, uh, you know, let's, let's have a meeting now and do this, let's have a formal meeting and, and without really listening to people or, or, or having a, having a sense of, um, um, you know, we've always done it this way. Why should we do it any differently? And so this complaints, complacency can be, can be, and, and always is something that we need to check in, in our parish life, diocesan life. And, uh, and so he, he talks about that as, as real, these are blocks that, that can get in the way of this synodal process. Mm, yeah, and sometimes we, you know, sometimes we can lose faith that, you know, hey, what my opinion doesn't matter, and we can get in our own head, or we can tell ourselves my opinion doesn't matter anyway. They don't really care, and and then we just discount ourselves. But it, yes. I, I really, I believe that this is a a heartfelt request from the Pope and and a, and a real movement of the Spirit to say, no, let's let's have a conversation. Let's make it a real conversation. Let's yes. let's let's let's. Let's hit the reset button on trust, and let's just dare to trust each other and mm -hmm. and and, and mm -hmm. be honest. And yeah. yeah, boy, that's a fresh start, isn't it? It is. It certainly is. You know, I never thought about my time on leadership teams or parish pastoral councils as synodality, mm -hmm. but you know, you say that, and I'm thinking, oh, I get it. Like that makes yeah. sense. And I'll tell you, that synodality that it that happens that true listening mutual respect that i see happening when a team is does trust each other and risks the vulnerability and and will enter into true conversation without a sense of reprisal for honest honest opinions that transforms the priest it transforms sure. everybody on his leadership team sure everybody on parish council everybody around an alpha table like when mm -hmm. we can when we can hit that reset button and really listen to each other, God does mm -hmm. his best work, eh? Mm -hmm. Oh, certainly does. Certainly does. <laughs> oh, man, I'm thrilled. I am totally thrilled. Well, I hope that, uh, again, I hope I know I was saying to you before we started the show that this morning I was literally just talking to a priest who I coach who was invited by his bishop to be a part of this process. And so I hope this podcast will be a blessing to him and all kinds of other people around the world that's wondering what's going on anyway. 
Uh, does it, does it, does it matter to me? And the answer is yes. yes. And, and uh, so, yeah, what, what, what word would you have for some people that may have been away or, 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 or maybe a little skeptical about this? What, what final word would you say to them for encouragement? Well, I, I think that this is a wonderful opportunity to continue the pilgrimage uh, to, to, to journey together and uh, to, to realize that, you know, even if we've been away, even where we're disconnected, we're still a part of the pilgrim people, right? Mm -hmm. We may be on a different path or a different side or side road or whatever, but we're still moving along. So it's a matter of coming together as this pilgrim people so that we know and become aware of journeying together. I I think Mm -hmm. that's really, if we can only have a a wonderful sense of being, uh, being on the journey together, that, that, that Mm -hmm. would be, that would be my hope that that people would uh, have a real sense of that. I love that. Bishop Brian, I always enjoy our time together. I always learn so much. You're a great teacher and you have just a breadth of perspective that really helps me to, to hang these new ideas on. And so I thank you so much for making the time today. You're very welcome. That has to be one of my favorite episodes yet. Our church is on a mission, and we're all in it together. Each and every one of us are called to be conscious participants in our faith communities. That gets me excited. I was just having a similar conversation with a few of my friends last week, and I can't wait to share this episode with them. I'm hoping it will inspire them in the same way it inspired me. I'd like to encourage you to do the same. If God has put certain people on your heart while you were listening to today's conversation, consider sharing the episode with them and discussing what stood out to you. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. We really appreciate it. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.